my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a fantastic week. A great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Reed Cooley. Uh, we had a great chat. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, we talked about uh, the libertarian response to Greg Abbott's ban on vaccine mandates. We talked about the Biden administration's hatred of their own voters. Uh, we covered a lot. <laughs> we covered a lot. Um, before I get to read, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. And if you like the show and want to get involved uh, with what we have going on over here, you can uh, support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right. Without further ado, the great Reed Cooley. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Reed Cooley. Reed, how you been, man? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So, dude, a lot to get to, as always, today. But we got to start with an absolute banger of a take from our fellow quote-unquote libertarians over at Reason Magazine uh, who, who felt the need to write a piece explaining to us that Greg Abbott's vaccine order is, quote, just as oppressive as Joe Biden's, meaning that Joe Biden saying that every American who isn't vaccinated must be fired from their job as punishment for their sins is the exact same as Greg Abbott saying, no, you can't just fire every unvaccinated Texan. So, Reed, this is why people make fun of libertarians, right? Like this is because they think that people like Reason Magazine represent what we believe. And I get it. If you think that's what a libertarian is, I understand why people would hate us. But Mm -hmm. like what a delusional, autistic take. I mean, my goodness, man, we have seen the greatest assault on personal liberty since Woodrow Wilson and Reason Magazine is trying to play the both sides game. Absolutely pathetic. Well, yeah, I mean, you're talking about delusional, autistic, absolutely pathetic. All these things are total understatements. But I got to say, first off, I didn't know that there were any libertarians left at Reason. Uh, If there are any libertarians left at Reason, uh, please reach out to me. I'll do everything that I can to help you, including the possibility of finding gainful employment uh, somewhere else. But yeah, I mean, it, it's totally insane uh, that they want to play this sort of false equivalency, right? They want to pretend like what Joe Biden did is every bit as bad as what you know, Greg Abbott did and vice versa. Uh, it, it's, it's totally insane. Like, so you, when, whenever you talk about, you know, the Joe Biden uh, vaccine mandates, you know, that came out back in August, you're talking about like federal contractors, employers, whatever, 100 employees being forced to inject things into the bodies of other people? Are people being forced to inject things into their bodies because their employer is acting as a de facto arm of the United States government? It was, um, Ron Paul was talking to, to Dan McAdams uh, last week. Uh, Dan McAdams, of course, uh, RIP. Uh, he, I think he, he's in Twitter jail uh, right now over something unrelated to Colin Powell. Uh, <laughs> yes. But uh, it was uh, Ron Paul uh, was saying, you know, what's happening right now is that, you know, the Biden administration is able to, this is his words, circumvent the Constitution by getting the business world, most commonly the corporate world, to do their bidding for them, you know. And it's remarkable to me that, you know, these absolute uh, geniuses, these savants at Reason Magazine, uh, can't really see through that or they don't want to 
what I what I do wish Reason would just come out and say is actually, guys, you know, we, we support everything that the government's doing as far as vaccine <laughs> mandates. Like, you know, they're, they're trying to play the middle. But what's really happening here is they're on the wrong side of this issue. They know they're on the wrong side of this issue with respect to the to the vast majority of the libertarian movement. And so they're going to try and play uh, both sides here. Right. So, I mean, it's awful. Like, and, you know, and I'm not necessarily going to say that I like the idea of a, of a governor issuing an executive order, right, requiring the businesses do this and that. Sure, like that that conflicts with my philosophy in several ways, and it does require a bit of a longer form, you know, sort of discussion, a little bit of a dialectic there, right? But to to, to equate, you know, what the Biden what, what Biden did with what Abbott did, you're not living in reality. No, it's, I it's, mean, such, like a, can, it's yeah. such like a child's like view of the world, right? You know what I mean? It's such like yeah. a, a simpleton's view of the world. It's like I'm trying to think of an example. It's like, all right, so, like, we, we both agree violence is bad, right, Reed? Like, I'm sure, you know, we're both good libertarians. You know, we both try to follow the non-aggression principle, I assume. I'm sure you're not out there just punching right, babies right. and kicking old ladies and stuff. So but Only on like, Thursdays. Only on Thursdays. But it's like, this is like if an evil, violent man attacks me for no reason. Like, I'm at a bar, and some dude just punches me in the face for no reason and tries to rob me, and I knock him out in self-defense, and then I go ahead and land a couple extra punches, you know, after he's unconscious just to teach him a little lesson. I, I doubt you'd be like, Brady, 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 like, you just broke the non-aggression principle. You're just as right. bad as he was. No, you wouldn't say that because you're not <laughs> insane, and you understand that things that are not the same are not the same. Like, yes, there are levels to evil, okay? <laughs> there are levels to statism. My goodness. And it's right, like, right. just they're, it's, they're absolutely, del- I mean, th- they're just lying, right? They're just lying to their their readers. I mean, they they must understand that they're being ridiculous. I don't know if they just like have this visceral hatred of like Republicans or something that that's driving this. Uh-huh. They, I don't know if they're tying it back to to Donald Trump or what. But it's like right. what just a, a smooth brain, childlike view of the world. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, smooth brain, childlike, all those things are are absolutely uh, you know correct. But we're talking about like the non-aggression principle, right? Like it's perfectly legitimate within the the confines of the non-aggression principle to use violence in response to violence, right? Oh, so like that, I you know, so of course I wouldn't say, hey, Brady, you should just let that guy kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say that if you get into a bar fight with, with some dude, you know, and you got you to gotta teach him a lesson, you know, that's, that, that's never going to happen. But I think that, that Jeff Dice at the Mises Institute really talks about something profound. Whenever he makes a distinction between the beltway of libertarians, right? Uh, like groups like Reason and for that matter, like Cato, for example, and and the real liberty movement, right? Like real libertarianism. I think that he's absolutely right in making that distinction because we look at the recent history of Reason, we look at you know Cato from 2013 to the present, and we see there's sort of a corruption that takes place within these movements, within these orbs, right? And it, it does, maybe there is something about Washington, D.C., like the swamp itself that actually corrupts these organizations. It was uh, like in 2013 with Cato, for example, um, it was their executive vice president at the time, uh, David Bose's David Bose's predecessor, who said that, uh, yeah, our secret is going to be to we're going to align ourselves with the left. Right. Uh, and then like reason just followed in that same exact you know series of footsteps. Right. They just went along that same exact track. And you see that not only are they losing their soul, not only are they just totally out of touch with reality. They're losing their influence. Like, you know, these people are, it's like they're, 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 they're in the loser brigade. They know they're happy they're in the loser brigade. Um, 
and and you know and that, that's that's why they that's why they want to stay. They want to stay there. They they not only want to be losers. They not only want to represent the movement. They want to throw rocks at the people inside the liberty movement who are okay. actually successful, but okay. who are actually taking the ideas of marketing them right. And so like it was uh it, it to me it reeks of control opposition. It, it always has yeah. like yeah. Um, and that was that was no more evident than the back in uh, I believe it was early August. There was uh, a there was a a policy fellow with Cato who went on MSNBC and said, well, you know, there might be a libertarian case for these vaccine mandates because of this and that and, and, and the classical liberal tradition. Right. And I'm like, no, just stop it. So I think that there's something like, you know, whatever these groups, you know, they, they go to Washington, D.C., or maybe they're founded in Washington, D.C., and they stay there. It's like, you know, they, they engage in one trade-off after another uh, so that they can have access to the right circles in Washington, D.C., or so they can establish the right relationships with the other organizations uh, in, in Washington, D.C., right? Uh, I, I do think that there, there's, a, <clears throat> there's a very clear sort of tangible corruption that happens to, to orgs that, that start off as liberty, as libertarian, uh, but stay in Washington, D.C. I mean, when we look at Cato, it's tragic because, like, they started as Murray Rothbard's, you know, yeah. think tank. Like, yeah. they began really good, right? Yeah. Um, and and they're just they they become, you know, they they become the very thing they swore to destroy, right? Yeah. They they started so, off as anarchists. I mean, they they were they were anarchists, and and it's like it's almost like it's just the physical proximity to government, man. Like maybe you just spend too much time in DC. Just it's like the ring in Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just, it corrupts you. And it's like, real quick, read, just bust out your phone real quick and just go to Reason's sure. Twitter feed. I, I did this before we started recording. Like get, just get a load of what these people are publishing and, and like how much of it's even relevant to what is going on. Like I'm, I'm sure a lot of what these guys write is spot on. Like it's stuff that guys like you and I would agree with, but it's like, read the room. You know what I mean? Like they're, mm -hmm. they're talking about, the importance of legalizing weed. It's like, yeah, man, weed should be legal. They're talking about occupational licensing reform. It's like, yeah, dude, I agree. You shouldn't need a license to like cut hair. Like, yeah. like I totally, but like w the wolves are at the gate right now. Like read, like yeah. you've seen the, the greatest increase in government power since Woodrow Wilson, since at least FDR, probably mm -hmm. Woodrow Wilson. And it's like, my, my gosh, like these people, it's like they're, they're completely oblivious to what is going on outside their front door. I mean, yeah. there's another Lord of the Rings reference for you. It's like the walls of Helm's Deep have been breached, and Reason Magazine is writing. <laughs> they're writing about the price of corn in Gondor. Right? It's like, guys, Dude, like, what, I, I think we have amazing. bigger issues to deal with right now, ladies and gentlemen. So that's an amazing analogy. As you talked about the wolves being at the gate, I was actually imagining like like the orcs outside of like, the orcs <laughs> of the Ulukai, like outside of Helm's Deep, or like they're outside of Gondor and the Return of the King, right? And they've just broken through. You know, like that's I, I'm. A, Imagining the same exact kind of imagery, like your your, your analogy where you saw like the price of corn in Gondor. Like that's first off, that's hysterical. But like I I, I went against my better judgment and I did pull open uh, the Reason Magazine Twitter page, uh, and I'm looking here and it's it's every bit of a doozy. Uh, every every bit of a doozy as I expected it would be. Like I see here. Um, so like okay, four hours ago they posted about school choice. I, I can pretty well understand that because Corey DeAngelis is hitting it pretty hard, and right, right now a lot of parents are pissed off that their kids are being forced to to wear masks at school, uh, and it looks like there are going to be even more vaccine mandates for 
kids five to 11 now. So I can understand talking about school choice right now, but you go down like one um, and it's, uh, it's something from what, five hours ago now. And it's, uh, it's like high income communities have used zoning and other growth control measures to restrict the supply of housing. Like, why are we talking about zoning? Like this doesn't make sense. Like, you know, if you're going to talk about something related to housing, talk about the eviction moratorium that was, you know, that was first off horribly unconstitutional, then the horrible homelessness crisis you have in cities like Seattle right now and in Miami because people, their jobs were literally taken away by the government. They couldn't pay their rent and now they're going homeless. Maybe that's what we should be talking about if we're going to bridge to housing at all. 11 hours ago, um, another silly article, are Democrats serious about legalizing marijuana? Uh, really? Like, just read the room, brother. You know? Yeah, man. It's amazing. It, it's, it's amazing. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, it's like if they're, if they're, if they're, if their actual goal is to not affect change, what would they be doing yeah. different? Oh, I mean, well, nothing. Like, so, and that's why I brought up, you know, several minutes ago, like their influence declined, right? You know, they, they lost their influence. Like Cato and Reason are shells of their former selves uh, today, you know, because like they're, 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 they've mastered the art of virtue signaling, right? It's like they're, they're, they're so focused on being as mediocre and as ineffective and as impotent as possible. Like, look at some of these tweets you're telling me to look at, right? I see, uh, like, you <laughs> I, know, apologize. I apologize for putting you through that, by the way. No, well, I'll forgive you this time. Everybody gets a one-off, but, uh, like what, a tweet they put up eight hours ago, got three likes and two yeah. comments on Twitter. Yeah. Like you can't even get your own staff at reason to like and share yeah, your man. content. Um, 11 hours ago, they posted something that got 29 likes yeah, the, okay, the Greg Abbott, the, the, the stupid Greg, Greg Abbott article they put up, 106 likes and 161 uh, comments. Oh, but that's because it got ratioed. Look at this, <laughs> yeah. 372 comments. That's why it got all yeah. that. So it's like even whenever they're hitting three digits as far as the number of likes they're getting on a tweet, it comes with a caveat of, oh, yeah, I got ratioed. I got dragged through the mud, right? Yeah, it's, uh, only, what, it's, it's only because it's all of us and you know are dunking on them. That's the only reason why anybody even saw saw that tweet. But my gosh, it's 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 funny, man. And I, I like it goes without saying, but to to all my conservative, you know, listeners who is probably seventy five percent of my audience who are a little resistant to libertarianism, just know that these people do not represent what I think. <laughs> they do not represent me. They don't represent Reed. They do not represent libertarianism. They are they're just Democrats. I mean, they're just Democrats right. who don't want to pay taxes at this point. I mean, that's I don't even know if they're. I don't know. I don't even know what they how they feel about taxation at this point. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not sure. Yeah. But um, moving on here, I mean, we could dunk on on reason all you know for hours if we wanted to. But um, it is encouraging over the last couple of weeks, man, that the pushback is starting. In my opinion, it's a year and a half late, but better late than never. We saw we talked about already Southwest Airlines. Uh, their pilots staged a sick out. A couple weekends ago, and they and Southwest did scrap their uh, vaccine mandate, which is super encouraging. And then, um, in an out burger with the most based statement by a corporation ever, <laughs> I think, said, "quote We refuse to become the vaccine police for any government." Unquote. So, I don't know, man. I'm pretty hungry yeah. for a cheeseburger. How about you? Well, yeah, like I mean, like it, it that makes it all the more difficult to believe that In-N-Out Burger is a California chain, right? Yeah. Like. 
Like, don't be surprised if they start moving their headquarters to, let's say, Austin, Texas, or something like that. I know like that they are. Just side note, they are a Christian-run organization. I know they do like they do a lot of charitable work with Christian organizations. I know they have like Bible verses on their cups and stuff. They have John three sixteen on their mm-hmm. cups. So they are like you know they're they're run by Christians, meaning probably you know more than likely just statistically speaking, conservatives. You know, so I guess it isn't that surprising. But yeah, they are a California business, man. So good for them. I actually didn't know that. So. Like, you know, you're telling me that, you know, they actually take like Christian values and stuff like that. Seriously, man, I got to be honest, I had no idea. I've seen probably two In-N-Out Burger locations uh, my whole life. Um, I think whenever I was in L.A., I didn't see any uh, In-N-Out Burger locations, like the whole like vacation that I spent there a couple of years ago. Uh, we, we, we have an In-N-Out here in Austin, Texas now, uh, but I haven't been there in probably forever. So, no, that's, that's crazy. You're, you're, that. That doesn't you're, make in it water, you're in, uh, in Whataburger country. Down there. Yeah, man, I'm in Waterburger country. Like, you know, the, the, the rivalry is uh, is pretty strong here. I don't know, man. Uh, Waterburger's pretty good. I might actually have to, to give In-N-Out Burger the edge, though. Like, you know, the couple times that I've been there, the menu, super simple, super straightforward. Uh, the burgers, you know, I would say probably have a slight edge on them. Waterburger just gives me too much mustard every time. <laughs> I mean, I think we're going to see a lot more of this. Um those are not insignificant countries or uh, companies in our country, Southwest and In-N-Out Burger. They both have, you know, tens of thousands of employees. Um, you know, you're going to have to see to really see the change that that we need to really put an end to these vaccine mandates. It's going to take uh, as much as I hate to say it's going to take unions, it's going to take somebody like the Teamsters or somebody like that or even like one of the, you know, the 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 evil uh, teachers unions, you know, something like that. Some of these powerful unions saying no to these mandates. But um, seeing the private sector starting to step up finally after a year and a half, Mm -hmm. um, people finally uh, deciding that this is the hill to die on. I mean, I I think March 2020 was the hill to die on, but um, not not enough people agreed with me. But I guess finally people are standing up. I I definitely think you're going to see a snowball effect here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that what happened with Southwest might have been just, you know, the first domino. Um, and I feel bold enough to make a prediction here about all of this. And that's, um, you know, don't be surprised if you start to see other airlines having the same sort of issues. And maybe you see some sort of preemptive measures uh, on part of those airlines to sort of you know deal with it before it happens. Right. I mean, like, don't be surprised here. Um, I was actually talking, you know, to, to a good friend of mine, a former CEO of, of several companies, uh, yesterday, and he said that you know part of the reason Southwest had the problem uh, that they had was because you know the executive team at that company is it's a big ass echo chamber. It's all people who think the exact same way. They have generally speaking you know the same political beliefs. And had they opened themselves up, like had they embraced a little reality, somebody on that executive team could have said, "Hey, look, if you actually try to go forward to this, you're going to have pilots you know quitting, and you're going to have all this other kind of stuff. You're going to have some serious you know logistical problems here." So we have other companies like American Airlines, Delta, you know, Spirit, you name it. They're looking at what's happened at Southwest, and they're going to try to anticipate that. They're going to do what Southwest should have been doing if their executive team wasn't an echo chamber. And they're going to start, and they're going to try and prevent what happened at Southwest happening to their company. So don't be surprised if you start to see some, some, some coverage out there about Delta is going to change this vaccination policy or America's American Airlines is going to change you know, that vaccination policy. And, and, and these are all attempts to try and suppress the powder keg that that very well could blow up. So, like I said, I feel confident enough in that in that uh, Brady 
that um, you know these measures that these uh, airline companies are going to take over the next two to three weeks, they're going to work for a little bit. But once that's over, you may see a power keg blow up right around Christmas, and that's going to be an interesting uh, holiday season, I dare say. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I you know, I've I've had some off the record conversations with people. I obviously can't get to it on the podcast. That there. There's gonna be a lot. There's gonna be a lot of, of things coming to a head in the in the coming months. So uh, it's gonna make people uncomfortable, but uh, that's what sometimes that's what we need to shake people awake, <laughs> to, to wake people out of yeah. their slumber. And and it, it's funny that you mentioned um, uh, that you know the entire board at, at Southwest were all all leftists, all all you know dem, you know pro mandate Democrats. And and it, I, I think some of these left wing politicians and and media outlets are going to start seeing the writing on the wall too. I saw a poll this morning that Joe Biden's approval rating among independents is at twenty eight percent. A year ago, he won fifty four percent of independents. I mean, independents oh. decide elections. Um, you know, Democrats are going to vote Democrat no matter what. And if you look at, you know, every corporate press outlet, uh, their entire editorial board, I mean, their entire staff is staffed by Democrats um, you know, across the board. And so they, they don't understand how unpopular things like vaccine mandates are. Um, once they start seeing these numbers, like independents <laughs> approving of Joe Biden at a 28 percent clip, um, people might realize, like, oh, my goodness, uh I know, I know that in the boardroom at CNN, these Joe Biden has a 100% approval rating, but he's not going right. to get reelected with 28% of independents. So I think, you know, just like these other CEOs and corporate boardrooms looking at, uh, looking at you know Southwest and saying, oh man, we don't want that to happen here. Let's just say, for instance, Terry McAuliffe loses in Virginia. I think you might see a lot of leftist politicians going, oh boy, uh, we we have not been reading the room here. So I think that, you know, for the most part, I think that's accurate. But something we got to keep in mind, I think, is that liberals are also renowned for their arrogance and for a reason, right? So yes. I think that you're going to have some more perceptive, uh, you know, Democratic politicians running for re-election who are going to pick up on that. They're going to wise enough. They're going to scale back, you know, some of the tyrannical policies that they've been pushing forward with. But don't be surprised if you see a guy like Gavin Newsom, for example, or Gretchen Whitmer, for instance, just to pick out two examples, you know that your fans may may immediately, may immediately know, uh, if if they go down swinging, like like if, if they sink with their ship, you know, oh yeah, uh, because these are like the Democratic National Committee, like the elites inside the Democratic National Committee are really the ones pulling the strings inside the Biden administration right now, and these pe- these people are so insanely out of touch uh, with reality. I can promise you that all of about two people. Uh, inside the DNC headquarters, have probably seen that poll you're talking about, where 28% of independents are approving of, of Joe Biden now. Like, it's, these are these are people who are extremely out of touch uh, with with reality, with the everyday person, with the concerns, with the desires, uh, you know, of of the people of this country. So I would say maybe for the most part, you're going to see a lot of a lot of what you're talking about there, where they're going to scale back and they're going to come back maybe towards the center. But there's definitely a hardline few uh, who are going to take this shit just as far uh, as they can all the way until the end. And it's going to be fascinating seeing exactly who those people are. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think another reason why you're right is because there's a lot of true believers in 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 the Democratic Party, you know, true socialists, like true, true, actual hard leftists. Where there's not really, I mean, there's a handful in in the Republican Party, but like in the, the there's you know if you look at the leadership of the Republican Party, I mean they're not 
like conservative, like Mitch McConnell. Like he's not like a conservative. Like he doesn't care. You know, he's not like he doesn't really care. He's nothing. I don't even really think he has like a, a lot of those people have like a political ideology. They just kind of like want to win elections and stuff. But you're like you mentioned right. Whitmer and, and Newsom and some of the, like those are they are true believers. I mean, they are leftists. They believe it. I mean, they they they've read Marx and they think Marx is right. You know, they are they're yeah. absolutely on board. So they will go down with the ship. Uh, we're almost out of time. But one more thing uh, we need to mention. Um, before I let you go, Reed, is this administration, they're, they're really letting the mask slip, no pun intended. I mean, their, their absolute disdain for the American people is something to behold. Like, I don't think I've ever, I can't think of, at least, in my lifetime, hearing a party talk about their own voters this way. Like, it is, mm-hmm. they, they absolutely hate the American people. This administration absolutely hates you. Uh, Jen Psaki mm-hmm. yesterday was asked about the supply chain problems that we're experiencing and about the food shortages um, that we're experiencing, and she made a joke. She made a joke, at the journalist who asked her the question, she made a joke about, oh, how it's a tragedy that your, your treadmill is delayed. It's like, bro, grocery store shelves are empty. I, I saw a report this morning that Denver uh, schools are having trouble finding milk. Yeah, for the for the for the yeah. school Denver public schools can't find milk for the school children. They, they, they think it's funny. They think it's comical yeah. that Americans are going without. It amuses them that gas is a buck fifty more a gallon than it was a year ago. It's like man, the, the absolute disdain for the American people, including their own vo- voters, dripping from people like Jen Psaki and Joe Biden right now. It's like I I can't. I mean, man, rule number one of politics is don't do that, right? I mean, there's, right, there's, right. A, there's a case to be made. Hillary Clinton lost to Trump because of the, uh, the uh, what, what was it? The, uh, right, right. Deplorable. Basket basket deplorable. Deplorable. Yeah. It's like that's rule number one is you don't attack the voters. And to say, oh, it's oh, it's such a tra- – oh, your treadmill might not show up on time. It's like, man, what, I mean, these people, they're so inside their bubble that they have no idea. I'm like, man, I'll tell you what. You know who, you know who it hurts that, that the dollar store is now the $2 store? Democratic voters. I mean, it, yeah. it's like that. That is going to impact African American and Hispanic, you know, urban, inner city voters more than it's going to affect affect rural Trump voters. You know what I mean? Like the the people that mm-hmm. aren't out hunting and fishing and, and stocking up on canned goods and stuff like that. I mean, the people that need to go to the dollar store and get things for a buck. Right, you know what I mean? Right. And a lot of those people, I mean, they disproportionately vote Democrat. They're insulted. They're laughing and mocking at their own voters. It's it's amazing. I don't think of everything I've seen anything like it. Well, I mean, you're exactly right. I think it's it's accurate to to say that the veil is being slowly pulled back. I think that we saw we saw a glimpse behind the veil. We saw a little bit of the man behind the curtain. Uh, years ago with, with Hillary Clinton's, uh, you know, basket of deplorables, uh, you know, remarks. But, you know, like Jim Psaki is sort of poking fun of the people by saying, oh, I'm sorry, your treadmill's d- delayed or however you know, she said it. This is another peak at the, at the true reality, the true nature of government, of the Leviathan, right? And that is that it, yeah. it's, it's built on a, an absolute hatred, a seething hatred of the people that it represents. You know, to yeah. me, there's something extremely sobering about embracing this theme that Michael Malice conveys again and again, which is that your government hates you. Yeah. He says, you know, your government wants you dead, but they'll settle for total submission, right? Like, yeah. you know, I, I, so I talk to my family, you know, a lot about what's happening in politics. I want to pick my brain all the time. Most of them are much more on the conservative side of things. I'm much more in the, in the, the sort of minarchist and anarchist camp, you know, um, and I'll, I'll sort of, you know, sort of liberty pill them with the, is, you know, one little remark at a time, one little uh, snippet from Malice or from Ron Paul or Lou Rockwell or Hans Hermann Hoppe or Rothbard at a time, right? Absolutely. And I'll say, and, you know, they'll they'll sometimes, you know, 
complain, oh, like, why are we, this, why, why is the government doing this? Why are they ignoring this? And I'll say, look, you got to understand, your government was never established to represent you. Your government absolutely hates you. Like, when you accept yeah. the fact that your government hates you, they find you to be an inconvenience, they want you knocked out of their way, they, they think that you are just cattle to be taxed and conscripted at their leisure, right? Yeah. When you embrace that, right, then you suddenly have a sober enough understanding of the nature of government, of the nature of the Leviathan, to make sense of why, for example, Hillary Clinton said what she said about the basket of deplorables, or why Jim Psaki is poking fun at people because their their treadmills are late or whatever it was. So, you know, that's that helps me make sense of it. And another one is from Hans Hermann Hoppe, you know, where he states um, that governments exist in a state of war with their own people, right? Accept that. Like when you learn to embrace that, it can help you just navigate all of these sorts of uh, you know stories and situations a lot more easily, a lot more effortlessly, and more clearly. Um, so you know that's that's that. Yeah, you're 100 percent correct. And uh, I, I'll, I actually want to plug another podcast that just came to mind. Uh, I listened to last week is uh, Michael Malice, who we're we're both big fans of. Um, he he went on uh, Glenn Beck's podcast on Saturday. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was a wonderful conversation between those two guys. It was a brilliant conversation. Anybody who uh you know, who, you know, tenses up when they hear the word anarchism, um, definitely listen to that podcast. You'll have a, a totally different perspective coming out of it, I think. Um, but it's right. also funny. Just one more thing before I let you go. It's like the Biden, uh, Joe Biden ran on not behaving like that. Like his entire shtick was like, I'm the nice guy and I'm, I love you mm-hmm. and I'm no mean tweets. <laughs> you know, I'm like the uh, cool Uncle Joe. You know, I'm the good guy or whatever. And then they turn around and, and treat their own voters like this. It's hilarious. It's like these people, man. If you if you still buy that line from politicians on either side of the aisle, but you know, Democrats are worse from from my perspective. But if you still buy the the line that oh, we're the good guys, we're not mean like that other party. We're the nice guy. We care. We right. care about. You want to take care of you. If you're still buying that from government, brother, I I don't know what to tell you. I mean, if yeah. you haven't if you haven't learned your lesson these last couple of years, I, I don't, I, 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 can't help you. <laughs> I can't, I can do nothing for you if you're still buying that line. So you know, there's actually something that has to get brought up about this when we talk about Joe Biden specifically, and that's that. Um, you know, just calling back to 2016, this was at most three days after uh, Trump beat Hillary in that election. Uh, Joe Biden was actually being interviewed. I think it was by by Katie Couric, perhaps. Uh, and, you know, he, he, they were obviously just picking his brain about why Trump had won a few days earlier. And he said, look, you can't fill up your gas tank with equality. Right. He says you can't buy you can't put food on the table for your kids with equality. You know, so it, it's stunning to me how much of a 180, you know, that man and this administration around him have made. Like in 2016, he was going on TV, you know, like, you know, saying things that might have gotten him in serious trouble with his own party, right? Um, and now he's he, he's he's acting with the utmost, I don't know that he is really, I don't know how much he's, <laughs> I don't know how yeah. much acting he's aware that he's doing, but uh, his administration, right, the people around him, they're not acting uh, you know, in a way that's consistent at all no. with that sentiment expressed by Joe Biden in 2016, you know? Yeah, I mean, they just pulled an absolute 180. I mean, everything they can't yep. they're doing the opposite. Uh, in, in classic Woodrow Wilson fashion, I, I may add, that was uh, Woodrow's uh, calling card. Um, 
saying that you know he wouldn't get us into World War One, and then immediately got us into World War One, um, among other things. But Reed, my brother, thanks for doing this, man. It's always a pleasure. Uh, where can everybody follow you online, and and more importantly, where can everybody get involved with Young Americans for Liberty? Uh, so the best place to find me is actually on Twitter. It's uh, at J Reed Cooley. So letter J R E E D C O O L E Y. And people can find out more about the organization I work for, Young Americans for Liberty, at the website yaliberty.org. Everybody check out yaliberty.org. Everybody follow Reed. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. (laughs) 